Hey guys, Joe McCall, REI in your car, what's up? So if you listen to my last episode, you heard me talking about my dentist appointment. So I'm just now leaving, and that went as well as about it could have gone. <laughs> and it was canceled. I drive out there, it's about a 25, 30 minute drive. And they said, well, sorry, we tried calling you to reschedule. Apparently it's the law, quote unquote, that every 12 months I have to have a a dentist examine me they can't clean my teeth unless they examine my teeth by a doctor dentist and <clears throat> the dentist wasn't there so they said we've been calling you and I was mad and I was like what are you talking about no one I looked at my phone and sure enough there's a message from three days ago <laughs> like oh stupid phones so I wasn't like mad because it was my fault, but I was mad because why is there some stupid law that says you can't clean my teeth? I'm paying you to clean my teeth, right? And I'm not gonna have anything wrong. Even if the doctor in my quote unquote exam tells me that I need to like, get all my teeth removed, I'm not gonna do it. I just want my teeth cleaned. Just clean my teeth and get me get, let me get out of there. Ah, anyway, so I'm like, what law can you be possibly talking about? Like, did the federal government sit down in Congress, you know, and say, we need a law that says blah, blah, blah? Or, no, maybe it wasn't the federal government. It was the U.S. government, or the, the state Missouri government. Who, who made this law that said... Anyway, I'm ranting. So, enough of that. I was talking last about telling my story a little bit about how I got started in real estate and some of the people that helped me with it. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately because some of the people that got me started in real estate are still around. Some of them aren't around anymore. And so I was talking about this book, Secrets of a Millionaire Landlord. I think you can still buy it on eBay or Amazon. It's a good book. It's a really good book. And uh, again, they had that chapter in there about lease options. So I got excited about lease options. I bought several courses on eBay about lease options, one of them from the Rich Dad company, which was, I thought at the time was really good, and it is still really good. It's funny though, I bought the course again on eBay like three years ago, just to see if, if they had updated it, and it was still the same curriculum. So, take that for what it's worth. It's still good stuff, but I felt like it was little outdated. I mean, it was talking, it was still talking about newspaper classified ads. So, <laughs> but the principles are the same. You find a seller that wants to sell the house but can't and was willing to lease it for a couple years and you get it under contract, you stay in the middle or you flip it, whatever you want to do, right? So then, um, let's see, I bought, oh yeah, so Robert Sheeman wrote this book, Secrets of a Millionaire Landlord, and I joined his email list or something and before you know it, <clears throat> I'm on the phone with some guys selling coaching. And uh, my wife and I decided together, this was the first time I'd signed up for coaching. And this was probably in the year 
2005, 2006. And it was twelve or $13,000 at the time, which was, still is, a lot of money, right? But we put it all on credit card. <laughs> so I heard about this coaching program. I was excited about it. My wife actually, believe it or not, was excited about it as well. Probably more because I was, you know, she's just real supportive. But she had a lot of questions, and so I remember talking to the guy on the phone, selling us into the coaching, and um, we decided to do it. We put it on two different credit cards. I was 100% convinced I would pay it off in a few months with our first couple deals. And um, it didn't happen. (laughs) It was a good coaching program. I'm not going to knock it, because what they taught was really good. It was very, very basic foundational stuff. But they taught me the important stuff. And the reason why I didn't make any money from it is because I didn't do what they told me to do. And so they gave me the um, this like real, real good basic foundation stuff. I remember though, I was, I was shocked that um, it wasn't really a coaching program by Robert Scheman. It was he was outsourcing the coaching program to another company out of Utah, and uh, that kind of bothers me a little bit. But Robert Scheman would still do calls once a month, would do group calls once a month, and um, he was willing to partner with people on deals. If you brought him a deal, he'd partner with you on it. And so, you know, I was on those monthly calls, and it was good to hear him. And I maybe have asked, I maybe asked a few questions. I don't remember. But the main coaches that I had were from this office in Salt Lake City, Utah. Come to find out later, that's where all of them kind of hang out, in Utah somewhere. And so later on when I started teaching and started coaching, I, I've i been presented opportunities from these same companies to like outsource my coaching to them. And there's no way on earth I would do that. I just think it's bad. But anyway... These guys were still teaching me good stuff. And then we had calls every week. And I remember so clearly on these calls, they would teach us some stuff. They'd sent us some really good books and manuals, and we would read them. They'd give us homework assignments. It was very organized. And uh, <clears throat> at the end of every week, we would have assignments. You know, go, you know, incorporate, get an LLC or create a business card or build a website or whatever it was. When it came to the marketing, right? When it came to the marketing, I remember so clearly there was like 12 people in my group. We would get on this call every week with this one coach. And he was accessible. Like we could call him anytime to ask questions. He had done deals before. So he had some experience. In fact, I wish I could remember his name because um, I'd love to talk to him again. And he would every week tell us, okay, now, you know, find a realtor and or do some signs or do, you know, call some Craigslist ads or newspaper ads <clears throat> and just start talking to sellers and start making offers, right? And every week we'd get back on the call and he'd say, okay, who did your homework? Crickets, nothing. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, I didn't do it. I'm busy. I had one excuse after the other of why I wasn't getting my work done. <clears throat> it was only like a 12-month I'm sorry, a 12-week coaching program with this guy. And then after those weekly, those 12 weekly calls, they were available for a year <clears throat> to call anytime we had questions or stuff. But I 
never took any action. I mean, I did all the stuff that you should, you're supposed to do, except for when it came to the marketing and actually making offers. I was too scared to do it. And I remember getting real discouraged and mad that I had wasted all that money on coaching and not had nothing to show for it. And But I think I was smart enough to realize that it wasn't their fault. And I yeah, I could go back and blame kind of like, well, you know, they didn't, they tricked me a little bit. It wasn't actually the Robert Sheeman who was doing the coaching. It was this other thing. But, you know, I just, in fact, I just didn't do what they said, right? And just recently, about a, a few months ago, I was going through my old boxes of stuff and I found a notebook from the notes that I had kept during that time. And I remember looking through the notes and there were things I had written down in there that I was supposed to do for my homework. Like, again, make offers and... and um, send some letters out and stuff like that and I never did it and what how much sooner could I have had success and quit my job if I would have just done what they said to do and not be so afraid to make mistakes now they were available I don't want to knock the coaching program because there were times like even after my year was up that I would call them and they would help me answer some questions so getting a little bit ahead of myself I just wasn't um I wasn't doing anything with it and I had no nothing to show for it and my wife wasn't too happy that we wasted all that money and we're still paying it off on credit cards and I'm working 50 60 hours a week on my job and yeah kind of discouraging right well um the hold on a second so if if you're if it's not working for you what do you do next well you go buy more courses right so I started buying more courses. I went out and I bought some more books, did some more boot camps. At this time, I started getting actively involved with my local real estate investing club because that was one of the things they told you in the coaching program to do, and that that doesn't take much risk. That's easy to do, so I did that. At least I did that. And so I started seeing, uh, listening uh, gurus that would come into town and speak, and one of them, there's two guys at this time, that really had a deep impact on me. One of them was Richard Roop and Dan Duran. A lot of you guys know them. And uh, another one was Chris Kirshner. And both of those guys are completely out of the business now for various reasons, and I won't talk about it. But um, if you look up, if you Google Richard Roop, he's had some troubles with the uh, with the law. And Chris Kirshner just lost everything. And uh, it's a long story. So, but there's the stuff that they taught was really, really good. And one of the things that both of those guys taught me was the, the importance of marketing and getting marketing on autopilot and just getting that marketing done for you in spite of you. And they also taught me um, how to make offers and keep it really simple. And so it was about this time with Chris Kirshner's course and Richard Roop's course that I actually started doing the marketing and I started actually making offers. And so I bought a couple homes subject to, I was taking over the existing mortgages. And this must have been 2006, 2007. And I also had a friend of a friend who knew a guy, who knew a guy <clears throat> who was a mortgage broker. And uh, his name is Jason. We're still friends today. And he actually helped me buy about six or eight homes with mortgages. And um, that was back when the day, you remember, when you could fog a mirror and you could get a loan. And because I had a W-2 income, 
I was able to buy a lot of houses. And, and Jason is, uh, he's a good guy. Some of these houses, though, looking back, I'm like, man, I shouldn't have bought those homes, right? Um, I was buying them based on appreciation. I was buying them all wrong. Like, there wasn't enough cash flow. I mean, with the mortgage, I was cash flowing maybe 150 bucks a month on each of those properties. And I remember at the time thinking, okay, so I'll just pay it off and then pay it off early. And within 15 years, I'll have 10 or 12 free and clear rental properties that are giving me, you know, um, all this great income. And uh, anyway, one of the things I was doing as well, I was like, there's a period of time when I would, because it was so easy to get mortgages, I would go find the tenant buyers first and then go buy a house for them. And I had a realtor working for me at the time. Yeah, she loved working for me because I kept on buying houses from her. And I would find a tenant buyer and I'd have a mortgage broker that looked them over and say, yeah, you know, within 12 months they should be able to get a mortgage if they do this. And so then they would put down... Uh, I think I started, I was trying to get 10% down, but I don't remember if I could get that. And I did this for about three or four different houses where the tenant buyer would go put some money down, we put it in escrow, and I'd actually, my realtor would go show them homes. And then they would find a house, I would try to negotiate at a good price, and um, this is when the market was conservatively appreciating um, across the country, 6%. And real estate never goes down, right? And so I just looked at the numbers and I thought, well, okay, I'll buy these houses at like 95% of ARV and sell them at 110% of current market value and make a 100 bucks a month cash flow. And looking at the numbers, it all looks good on paper. I can make a lot of money. And if I just did two of these a year, maybe three or four of these a year that could replace my current income. So I was counting on a lot of things that were stupid. Number one, I was counting on appreciation. Um, I, real estate never goes down. Number two, I was counting on that these tenant buyers would actually buy the house. Number three, I was counting on that they would always pay their rent on time. And number four, that they would always take care of the property. So I'd always be cash flow positive. I'd never have anything to fix. And uh, everything would work according to plan. You know, and the problem this, and I've learned this since, that you can get a spreadsheet to tell you anything you want. If you want a spreadsheet to tell you that you'll be a millionaire in the next six months, well, you can get the spreadsheet to do that. And that's what I did. I manipulated the spreadsheets to make it look like I was really, really smart when in fact I was a fool. I was an idiot. I wasn't buying these houses at a big enough discount. There's not enough equity in them. There wasn't enough cash flow. So about that time, I realized, uh, also, um, even, at the, even at the time when it was so easy to get mortgages, it, it, once you had a certain number of them, it, it was a little bit harder to find a bank that would still lend you money on more properties. But So I was starting. it was starting to get a little more difficult because I had about 10 of them or so at the time. It was getting a little more difficult to buy homes, so I had to start looking at creative ways to buy homes. And so that's when I started really diving into Richard Roops and Chris Kirshner stuff because they talked about owner financing and subject twos. Um, so I will get into that in the next episode because I'm already at 15 minutes. All right. So we'll see you guys. Be right back in a little bit.